I'm about to tell you one of my most personal stories. So I got to be honest, if this is your first time clicking into Wicked Fearless, I suggest you go back a few episodes. This one's definitely not for the faint of heart. Okay, so yesterday I was driving, and I know I talk about this a lot, about how I get these flashbacks of certain times in my life where I was just I was just really not in a good place. I was not on a good path. I think I've talked about it pretty – I've talked about it pretty openly on the podcast about LA and just how crazy it got and the dark party side of it. And I think we've all gone through different – parts of our life or different chapters where we maybe weren't the best version of ourselves. But this has really been heavy on my heart lately because I keep hearing people talk about what it looks like. And yes, this is fueled by Instagram and you know, we look at other people and we envy their life or what they have or what what it looks like and that is just like exacerbated because of Instagram heavily because it looks like everything looks picture perfect and glossed over. And we talk about this I talk about this a lot because it comes up so much in conversation where people are like, "Oh, this girl looks like she has it together and she has the perfect life and this and that." And I just want to shed some light on how horrible of a place someone can be in, how much of a train wreck on the inside someone can be, and from the outside, they look like they have their whole life together. So I'm going to transport you back to 2011, 2011, 2012, to a very young, I believe, 22, 23-year-old Mads Tads. So we're going like over a decade, about a decade ago. And I know I've alluded to this several times on the podcast of like going to jail and just hitting some real rock bottoms, but I don't think I've ever told the entire story of when I got arrested for a DUI in LA. This is going to be a pretty vulnerable thing and I'm definitely going out on a limb here, but I also feel like it's super necessary to explain kind of how I got to where I am now and the thought process and just how I can hold space and talk about all sorts of things and 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 honor vulnerability. And it's really because I've had to crawl back from such a low place. And to be honest, I really didn't have that many people helping me at the time. And so... The way this all went down was I was out one night with someone I was dating at the time. And to be honest, the memory of it all is very fuzzy and very hazy. I was out. We were drinking at the Chateau Marmont. LOL. Go figure. And we had gone out. We were drinking. And then we went back because we wanted to Uber because we were or taxi. This is like before Uber because this is how the whole problem started. But pre-Uber, so we're going really far back, right? Like, isn't it crazy that like over a decade ago or whatever, Uber barely existed? So nuts. Take a taxi back to the Chateau Marmont, like keep drinking. And I guess like I was talking to someone else. This guy got jealous. We got in this huge fight. This is how I remember it. And I left his house and got in my car to drive home. 
I remember this being something we did often because you couldn't leave your car in the Hollywood Hills. It would get towed. And so many times you would drive drunk, which is horrifying. And yet it's something I remember doing. So I get in the car and I proceed to drive down the Hollywood Hills and I hit several cars to the point where my car is no longer drivable. Cops come. I get transported to Van Nuys County Jail, which is somewhere in the valley. I have no idea. And I have to spend the entire weekend in jail because when you go in on a Friday night and it's not just a drunk tank charge, like I was being charged for not only DUI, reckless driving, hitting these cars, like it was a massive thing. It's not just like we're going to throw you in the drunk tank and you can get out tomorrow. It was like, no, you're like booked and you're going to be in jail until Monday when you can be in front of a judge and, and be let go on bail. And so I spent the weekend in Van Nuys County Jail, which is insane to think about because my mind literally blocked it out. Like I couldn't tell you who I talked to, who I saw, the color of the walls, where I slept. Like I literally just remember laying on a cot in like this very glitzy outfit with heels on that I was wearing and I didn't even get up from my bed for like three days and I just remember just laying on this cot and like the blankets were over my head and I just remember crying I think for like three days straight. I don't think I ate. I don't think I really slept. I was just laying there. I make it through the weekend and money rolls around. I am let go on bail. I have to see a judge. I have like a whole sentence and that comes. My sentence, they make an example of me. I It was extremely severe as it should be because I massively fucked up, hit a bunch of cars, drunk driving, like of course. And I'm actually lucky I probably didn't get jail time. But my sentence was a shit ton of money. And also I had to do like a hundred hours of community service. I had to go to like one, two, I think it was like one or 200 AA meetings. And I had to attend this five hour class every Saturday for nine months about DUIs, drunk driving, like this kind of, you have to go to this class. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this, but in, in California, that is what you have to do. So I have this whole sentence to juggle on top of my job as a Hollywood assistant, quote unquote, at this awesome entertainment company. It's a massive opportunity and I'm trying to juggle it all at the same time. Meanwhile, I no longer have a car and I am not getting one anytime soon. I'd like to backtrack, preface. When I was driving, I was actually in a rental car, excuse me, a rental car. And there's a little something in the clause of rental cars where if you are drinking and driving, this might be really helpful for people out there. If you are ever drinking and driving in a rental car and you have any charges on you, then the insurance you took out on that rental car is no longer applicable. 
So here I am, I have all this, all these bills, like thousands and thousands, tens and thousands, like probably upwards of $100,000 that I owe to all these different insurance companies for hitting these cars in a car that I was no longer insured under. So it's literally out of pocket. I'm having to attend this class on Saturdays while working this crazy job during the week and also attending community service on Sundays. Now, let me tell you, this was not like, hey, let's go work with like children. Let's, this was hard labor community service. Okay. And the reason why I, I was driving, I was driving when I had this idea to tell this story because, you know, here I am in this really awesome job at 9,000 Sunset Boulevard. I'm in the penthouse, you know, and I'm going to Equinox in the morning because I can still afford my gym membership because I was like, I was like, this is the only thing I can possibly, like possibly keeping me alive right now. So here I am on the outside. I look like I'm going to the coolest gym in West Hollywood and I have the I have this hot like hot cool girl job as a Hollywood assistant on Sunset Boulevard and my life is a fucking train wreck like my life is a train wreck I'm waking up at five in like four o'clock in the morning to walk now if you live in LA and you don't live in LA maybe you can map quest this or google a map quest even thing google how far this is maps I lived below Melrose Boulevard like over by La Brea and I was walking from my apartment at the time, which was like, I was renting like this tiny room in this three bedroom apartment from this like total whack job, but it was like super cheap. And I was like, okay, I got this apartment, whatever. I have no car. I am literally walking to Equinox at like five in the morning, working out, showering there with all my stuff, walking to my job all the way up Sunset Boulevard, working all day, and then walking home. And I usually hit the gym on the way home because I was like so mentally just absolutely trashed that the gym was the only thing keeping me somewhat sane at that point. But I I was laughing when I I actually had the idea to kind of tell this story Because I was like in my car and a lot of times when I'm driving, I get these really just great ideas, honestly, great ideas. My car is my safe space. It's where I think. It's where I find a lot of inspiration. It's where I like literally am at a stoplight and talking to myself and I'm telling these old stories and I'm just like laughing because I can laugh and look back in hindsight and just be like, wow, what? I don't even know how I survived And also, I just feel like there's this theme lately that keeps popping up of like, everybody else's life looks so great. And it's just a reminder that from the outside, someone's life could look so glamorous, so glitzy, so perfect. And on the inside, they could just be an absolute tornado, a tornado mess. And to take that one step further, It is in our ability to own our mess that we find the most freedom. I often get asked on interviews and just in passing or at coffee or when people pick my brain, how, how did you, how did you become this way? Like, how do you show up so authentically and, and, and just be who you are and comfortable in your own skin? And I think a level of this came from, I, I, I broke, I was so 
low. Like I had bottomed out and bathroom floored and bad landed so bad during this time that it forced me to find a new way of life. Like my life became so unmanageable that I was forced to own every single dark corner and crevice of who I was in this suckage and in this time because I physically could no longer function the way I was functioning anymore. And the kind of the saying that came up when I was driving the other day was I used to pray to power wash on Sundays because when you had to go to do a community service, it was, I think, nine hours. You got a one-hour lunch break. You showed up at eight. I think you left at five, around five on Sunday. And it was hard labor. So you were either like digging holes to plant trees in parks. You were power washing graffiti off of buildings in downtown Hollywood. Or the worst job of all, you were street sweeping. And so you'd everybody would go into this community service place. You'd line up. You'd have your paperwork. They'd have to sign off on it. They'd throw you like a smock shirt, which, you know, it, you don't get a jumpsuit. You get this T-shirt that's yellow and says whatever it says on the back so everybody knows you're part of this crew. And then you get assigned jobs. The worst job of all is street sweeping. Now, street sweeping, you get in this van, you go downtown Hollywood, and you literally take a broom and like one of those things like like a, that you can collect all the shit in and dump it into a big trash can. You get given that and you are set out on the streets of Hollywood and you are literally sweeping the streets. Now through all the hours of sweeping the streets and I remember one day I had to pick up a dead cat and I was just like, yo, your life, like, you got to do some serious fucking soul searching, girl, because this ain't it. And it just forced me to have such a breakdown that I didn't have a choice but to figure it out and find my own breakthrough. Like, I didn't have a choice. I can look back now and tell this story with a touch of comedy because it seems so estranged. Like it literally seems like it's from a different universe, from a different planet. Like I was actually a different human being. Like I was a different human being, fundamentally, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, every way you could be a different functioning human being walking this earth. That's what I was. And then that was when I started the crawl back. I truly think that sitting in those hundreds of AA meetings and hearing other people's stories of how they were saved and spirituality and believing in higher power and all this different stuff that I had never heard before started to create this curiosity around what else was out there. And now I'm pretty faith-based. I grew up Catholic. I still believe in God. I do believe in God. I talk about it often. I still believe that was ridiculous. And I think that that whole incident was the bottom out of my life where I just was like, this is what it is. It is what it is. And I can either feel shame around it and guilt around it, which I did for a while. And it took a lot of work to not feel that way anymore. And also that it's a saying, an AI saying life on life's terms, shit's going to happen. Life is crazy. Bad stuff happens to good people. 
bad things also happen to bad people. I was a bad person at the time. I didn't, I don't think my actions were exemplary. They weren't kind. They weren't smart. They weren't cool. They weren't anything positive. I was in such a downward spiral, felt like I was on top of the world. And this was like the smackdown moment that I needed to turn my entire life around. And I truly don't know. When I think back, I truly don't know if I didn't get that DUI, what would have happened to me. And I know last week I joked with Ryan on the podcast about something and I was like, I wouldn't have made it out alive, but I I really think about that. If this shitty and dark and awful of a situation didn't happen to radically shift my perspective and change the trajectory of my life and how I was thinking and how I was functioning, I'm not really sure where I would be right now. And let me tell you, I had hit my head many times on a glass ceiling before I was ready to truly change. Like you would think that getting a DUI and going to jail and paying hundreds of thousands of dollars and going to hundreds of AA meetings and doing all this community service would have like really shook me up. But then I found myself still out and like running amok in Hollywood and dating these guys and doing whatever I was doing. And it really took after the DUI, a really horrible breakup to then hit such a bad rock bottom where I was just like, I was just like full surrender. I, I need something else. Like I need something else beyond because this is not working anymore. Like my life is so catastrophic and such a disaster that I, like I can't function like this anymore. And I couldn't show up and pretend anymore. Like it was just like, everything was just so bad. And to be honest, that is really when a shift happened, a spiritual shift, a thought mind shift, because the guy I was seeing who broke up with me, his boss's girlfriend handed me a book, Spirit Junkie. And I've talked about that before. And I was just in a moment of surrender, like, okay, I'm going to read this book I'm going to try this new thing. I'm going to try a new path of thought. I'm just going to receive because I can't go on living the way I'm living. I feel so awful. I've just, it's like full surrender, laying in the middle of your floor, looking up at the ceiling. Like I have nowhere else to go but up because I am so low right now. And that book changed my life. Insane, right? And I've talked about this book before, but This podcast was really inspired by, I was listening to Lori Harder and she was interviewing Lindsay Sikornik, who happened to be her mentor and coach at some point when she was writing uh, the, The Bliss Project or part of The Bliss Project and Lori was writing A Tribe Called Bliss. Oh my gosh, I just sounded so, so Boston right there. But I was listening to what Lindsay said and it really it really just was an aha moment for me. And she said something along the lines of the reason why I can hold space for people um, or hold such space for people in a moment of vulnerability because there's very few places she's not willing to go or talk about. And she's done enough exploration into like the deep, dark corners of her soul that she can hold space for people who need it. And I was thinking a lot about this and this story was kind of coming up and I've 
talked on a few podcasts this week and we've talked about Los Angeles and people were really interested in the story. And, you know, one of the questions was something along the lines of, is it all it's cracked up to be? And I was like, you know, it had me really reflecting on this whole journey and, and really how sometimes when I look back, I get so down on myself. Like if I had only had my shit together, if I had only had my shit together earlier, like who knows where I'd be now? Would I be an exec at like CAA or something insane out there? And then I have to give myself some grace. Cause I'm like, wow, I wouldn't be able to do what I do currently in the capacity I do it in had I not walked down that entwined and tangled dark path myself to then be a healer and a light worker and a source of inspiration and motivation to all the people that I touch today. And so that really had me thinking of this whole story and this whole uh, this whole journey that I've really been on for the last decade and how I got to where I got to and wanting to create my own coaching program in Wicked Fearless and all of it because I've been giving in a lot of ways a gift because having gone through all the weird shady shit I went through, I now have the ability to help others navigate their dark moments and and own their mess and be confident that who you were yesterday is not who you are today and that each chapter of your life calls for a different main character. And while you are always the main character, you can show up differently in all the different parts of your life. And I think for a while, I was really disappointed that I just didn't hone in on all the opportunity that I was given out in LA. And I used to really, it used to really bother me. And I was just like, gosh, why didn't you get your shit together? I used to beat myself up over it. And now I'm at a point where I'm pretty thankful for the journey that I've been on because I wouldn't be who I am today without it. Yeah. So that's really all I wanted to talk about today. I just wanted to tell a little story of how life isn't always what it seems and you just have no idea what people are carrying and the silent battles they might be fighting or what might be going on behind the scenes of their so-called perfect life because it really is this very trendy thing right now and social media is definitely fueling it more so than ever and I just want to remind you that no matter where you are or how messy it is or how far you've fallen from, if you want to call it falling from grace or fallen off your path or gone down a dark path or you find yourself in a really shitty situation, I promise you can you can climb out of it and you can crawl your way back and your messes can also be your biggest blessings, which is so wild to say. And trust me, I think that Sometimes it's only looking back that you can actually have that level of introspection and maybe a little bit of comedy like I put in today around them because some of it is really truly horrific. And you look back and you're just like, I don't even know who that girl was. But she is very much a part of who I am today and I'm proud of who I am today. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the gist of it today. I really hope that this story helps someone out there or inspires somebody or just changes the narrative for someone to realize that perfection is the biggest scam and having it all together and being so good and perfect all the time is just exhausting. And 
that no one's life is really like that. And you can think a lot of things and view it from a different lens, but everybody has their struggles and their messes. And it's truly when we own and accept them and we step into all that we are, that we just shine differently. You glow differently. You show up as the most whole version of you because no one can really hold anything over your head. You know who you are. You know what you've done. You're accountable for it as bad as it could be. And it's all part of your story, which makes you beautifully you. You show up differently in that aura. And really what that looks like is just massive freedom. Thank you so much for tuning in week after week. I really hope this one hits for you and just helps you somewhere in this first week of 2022. So wild that we are here. If you need me, come find me on at MadsTads. That's Instagram, MadsTads.com. All my stuff is there. Like, subscribe, leave beautiful comments for this podcast. And until next time, may you always be joyful, loving, and above all else, fearless. Fearless.